0: Hello and welcome to the first episode of I'm doing the best I can adventures in surviving motherhood so far. My name is Natalie Clark. I am your host and coming to you from a walk-in closet in Northern Minnesota because that's what the internet told me to do. Uh, the walk-in closet part, not the Northern Minnesota part. That part is my fault and my pleasure. This podcast is basically a humorous and sometimes exasperated take on my gig as a stay-at-home mom. I have three children. One is on the autism spectrum and nonverbal. One is a, has a verbal delay, and the other is a nine months old, so TBD on that one. Basically, the, the struggle for uh, mom perfection, terrible advice, not-so-terrible advice, all the different troubles and problems that you have, my attempts at solutions and, and their resulting successes and rather epic failures, some advice based on uh, what has worked for us and what really hasn't worked for us that I am happy to pass on to you. going to be a uh, hopefully comedic combination of... <laughs> See? Already good. A... Um, a... <laughs> combination of hopefully comedic storytelling. There we go. And some advice, like I said, based on um, what is working for us, what is not working for us. Sometimes what not to try is just as helpful as what to try. I am kind of a researchy mom. I like to know six or seven things that might work when tackling a problem because every family is different. Every kid is different. Just because it worked for your best friend doesn't mean it will work for you. Just because it worked for your oldest doesn't mean it will work for any other children. Kids are awesome like that, <laughs> and that they all sort of need their own thing sometimes. And then sometimes one thing works for the entire city block, and everyone rides unicorns to work and it's perfect. I, I have no special credentials. I am, am an expert in uh, nothing except probably talking too fast and finding myself hilarious. Uh, and so this is just a real mom who wanted to share. Uh, what was going on at home, um, because we are a a tricky fit, as you can sometimes imagine, on the mom blogs. And if anyone else is looking for solutions like I am or just wants to hear another mom vent about how really hard this all can be sometimes, here I am. I hope you enjoy your stay. I thank you very much for joining me. The idea will be that we'll try to do um, episodes in groups. I'd like to release one a week, you know, a couple episodes at a time. I'll always try to let you know what's coming up on the next episode. My ability to post episodes regularly is challenged by the fact that I have three very, very awesome and very, very busying, that's not a word, Uh, they're a lot of work, but like loving, (laughs) whatever that term is, uh, children. You may have to wait for me sometimes, but I promise I'll be back. You and my friends will now have this in common. I guarantee you'll see me, but I can't really tell you when, but I will be so pleased to see you when we meet again. I'd like to dive in my first episode by really, uh, by talking about the concept of being a stay-at-home parent. It's kind of tricky. You know, I found when I got pregnant that I had, uh, I was, oh, I'd, I'd always wanted to be pregnant. I had dreamed of having kids, but since I was a kid and just really excited about the whole thing. And then I got pregnant. It just kicked my ass. <laughs> if you understand that. Maybe you haven't had kids. Maybe you had those magical unicorn pregnancies where you, where you felt like you were glowing and you were floating and everyone told you how pretty you were and, and it was so easy and, and awesome. And at the end you got this baby and it was really great. And um, I'm really excited for you. And, and, and then maybe like you just like 10% less. Don't worry about it. But, um, that's not my experience. I felt like I had been hit by a semi truck and then it just sort of backed over. Over me slowly for nine months. <laughs> and I was so uncomfortable. And you know, you hear you're short waisted your whole life and nobody says, Hey, that's that's code for. It's really gonna be hard for an entire baby to grow inside of you. If you're that pregnant lady, people want to ask you about your pregnancy, but it's code for, please tell me you're glowing and um, you are full of the miracle of human creating, and they don't want to hear about your swollen feet and your heartburn, which is weird, right? But what that ends up doing is is making pregnancy for a lot of women and a lot of people very uncomfortable and isolated because they're pretending like they're great all the time and they're like already creating a person with their bodies. And that can be very isolating to feel like you're the one grumpy pregnant lady. And stay at home parenting can be very much the same thing. It's this, you know, we all know it's a blessing. Oh, you're so lucky and you never miss anything. And you're sort of so overwhelmed by these messages that it's this, you know, wonderful, blessed, easy, fun thing to do that the reality is what of course is not that because nothing in the world is that sort of disney tied up you know singing birds and and dancing woodland creatures and you know magic sparkly things and hair that always looks good but but that is hard you start the conversation i'm a stay-at-home mom and and it hasn't even or sorry a stay-at-home parent trying to be very i know a lot of really cool stay-at-home dads i know a lot of Stay at home parents who, who use you different terminology and identify in different ways. And so I, I am also very much speaking to you, but you say that you're a stay at home parent and, and immediately before you've even like taken a breath to say the next words, the person's telling you, Oh, you're so lucky. Oh, I, I never got to do that. I couldn't. Oh, I had to work and you're so lucky and it's amazing. And I bet your life is just magical and blessed. You know, hashtag blessed. And, um, yes, obviously that's part of it. It's like the best, hardest, worst job ever, but (laughs) that hardest and worst part, you have to be able to talk about it. I mean, they think, you know, oh, I don't have to go to work and um I'm spending all this time with my kids and I'm not paying for childcare and I know no one else is watching my kid and you know I get to see their first everything and we're we'll so bonded and we'll be best friends and it'll be magical and and nobody thinks of how long your child will want to stack blocks in a row like Hour and a half of stacking the same three blocks because then they think it's funny to knock it over and then they want you to fix it. No, not like that. And now we're going to build the blocks over here. And now we're going to now set up, now take 20 minutes to set me up an entire block city so I can Godzilla stomp through it. No, not like that. Yes, do it again. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. And nobody thinks about how by hour three of that, um, you're, you've been laying on the floor with your not little kid bones and body, and that is maybe not the most intellectually stimulating activity that I could think of. And the the details, the, the gory, grimy, day-to-day details of being at this tiny person or tiny people's beck and call, you make all the meals, you kiss all the boo-boos, you stop all the fights, you answer the same questions 400,000 times. You are a bed and a chair and a boxing ring and a table, and you you are the whole house. <laughs> You're all of the furniture. You are supposed to catch them. You have to be nice to them even when they're screaming into your face. You have to play their imaginary games and stimulate their imaginations. You have to answer their questions, be patient with them. You have to help them find things to do that will help them develop skills. You have to teach them how to be a human being, which in itself is sort of this amazing amount of pressure. And how the hell do you even do that anyway? <laughs> you're reading books about you know, whether or not you're doing enough or if you have to send them to some sort of special preschool or Oh my God, the pressure. And, and, and just the, let's face it, sheer boredom <laughs> of what, of what small children especially, uh, do all day, would like to do all day, need to do all day. Your, your brain doesn't become the brain of a small child when you start watching them. It, it, it remains yours. It wants more complicated activities and more diverse entertainment and it wants conversation. <laughs> You know, from someone else who shares your interests and well, you know, you both probably think that food is good and, (laughs) you know, sweatpants are the best. That's not a whole lot, not a whole lot to base uh, in a day's worth of conversation on. And so, uh, so yeah, not being able to talk about how um, your blessing is also like super boring (laughs) can be really difficult and you sort of instead should give a stay-at-home parent a big hug and go, oh man. I just don't know <laughs> if I could be the sole source of entertainment for a two-year-old for all of the hours of a workday uh, until my partner comes home. If there is a partner to come home, or uh, at least someone else to share the burden. Um, so yeah, there's there's that sort of first of all. Um, you know, I, I I've gotten to see my children, all three of them. Uh, crawl, and walk, and and do all of their firsts, and that's really great, and it's a single moment on a single day, and <laughs> the rest of the time, um, I'm asked for a snack, and then screamed at for giving them the exact snack that they asked for, or, uh, you know, let's watch Moana, again or throw me up into the air again. And the concept of a uh, mom is not an Olympic weightlifter is not, uh, not of interest to them. They would just like me to, uh, to figure out how to do it. This is exhausting. It's mentally and physically exhausting on top of being, um, on top of being, sometimes also very fun. But that's something that we don't really get to talk about. We don't get to talk about, uh, you know, that you are sort of the host of a television show that you never signed up for. You're pretty sure you were actually just there to deliver pizza. And they gave you a microphone and a really wild costume and a... Giant person size pet sidekick, and there's theme song, and you're just sort of standing there like, I don't know. I don't know if this is really my thing. That sort of gig, that sort of... Um energy that the people who can do that have it that's not that's not for everybody <laughs> and uh, and it's a lot to expect I myself uh, I have three children I have a uh, my oldest is a girl uh, we'll call her f she is five very nearly six she is on the autism spectrum uh, and nonverbal not to say she does not make a impressive variety of sounds she just doesn't speak in a traditional sense which obviously is a little bit tricky but she's she's so great She's the snark queen. She's got side eye that can cut a bitch. And by bitch, I mean me. And it does. (laughs) You've never been judged until my daughter has judged you. She's a toe walking ballet ninja in just the wildest way. She can be so loud that you are pretty sure she's going to wake the neighbors and then she can sneak up on you. In a a way that you think the military will come at some point and recruit her to teach them how it's done. (laughs) My middle child is my, my only son. He is soft and squishy and complete ham. He is such a class clown, uh, without a class, I guess, because he's not in school yet. But he's also super emotional. <laughs> Every happy things make him emotional. Sad things make him emotional. He's easily overwhelmed, and uh, but also bounces back really fast. Being with him for a very long time can give you <laughs> a sort of whiplash, because he can experience about 17 emotions in the amount of time it takes me to um, finish my coffee and approximate a living human person. He's also verbally delayed because his older sister is his favorite person, despite the fact that she barely tolerates his existence. (laughs) And so for a very long time, I think he thought that talking was maybe something adults did, but not something that kids did. And if she didn't do it, it clearly wasn't worth doing. It has taken us a while to show him that it's okay to do things that she doesn't. Uh, and that there is a lot of benefit to speaking. Not least of all, keeping your mother company, <laughs> which is always good. Uh, and so he does have some words now, but he's pretty delayed for a three-year-old. My youngest is uh 9 months old Amazon she is incredible my my older two are are really pretty low on the height and weight growth charts quite like I was as a child pretty small I mean giant head but you know pretty small otherwise I was like the cutest alien you've ever seen but she is just fantastic she's the top of all of the charts uh, head size obviously she is my daughter and height and weight and she's just incredible there's probably only a couple of pounds between her and her three-year-old brother which I think is hilarious. And he finds um, as terrifying as he probably should. (laughs) Because a nine-month-old is really aggressive accidentally as they learn to control their limbs. So her idea of getting his attention is to open hand slap him in the face. (laughs) Which, like I said, she and I both find very funny. And he finds cause for an Oscar-worthy breakdown. Which I understand, but I mean, how many times can... really be a surprise. Yeah, she's fearless, almost disturbingly so. She's really loud. She doesn't sleep. She's kind of a superhero. Yeah, like, think Thor, but a baby girl. Uh, she's even blonde and super pretty. Yeah, it's uh, uh, she's pretty incredible. <laughs> she's not shy. She's sort of aggressively not shy. I'm gonna guess ahead of time she's a mean drunk, but you know, that's just speculation at this point. No evidence to support that quite yet. So that's what I'm working with. If you think of the isolation that stay-at-home parenting can bring, to an adult in this situation, we unfortunately have to add to my situation that the children don't speak back to me. (laughs) So I am sort of left to be, I'm like the voiceover in a badly dubbed family sitcom where I am all of our voices (laughs) and uh, I wouldn't choose it. And uh, I mean, I think it's pretty funny sometimes, but it will be nice eventually when there is some conversation and not just constant mom monologuing. Which is kind of where we are now. Because of my oldest, I was encouraged very early on when she did not stop, start talking on schedule to just, just cover her in words, just give her constant conversation, um, describe what I was doing, just give her so many words. And they, the theory being that she would just hear all of those words and think, you know, my goodness, you're right. I must start talking to shut this woman up. <laughs> or at least I. I can only imagine that's why it didn't work. Either she loves the sound of my voice or she has me so thoroughly tuned out that I am just Charlie Brown's teacher in the television show of her life. Either way, it did not work. But uh, what that means is that when my son was old enough to be near the typical timeline for talking, I was already a book on tape and hopelessly narrating my every action. It's fine at home and gets a little weird at the grocery store, but you know, been a little weird probably my whole life, so I got over that pretty quick. But yeah, there was plenty of, plenty of language for him. He chose, like I said, to ignore me for his much cooler and much meaner older sister. What can you do? We got him some help. We got him some time with a speech pathologist and he has, he has some words now, which is very exciting. But you know, those sort of two and three word phrases that a person who is teaching themselves how to talk can use. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's teaching himself how to, how to talk. I mean, that's, you know, if you describe it like that's kind of a miracle, but like, you know, conversationally wise, like if I were giving him a Yelp review, I would not Speak highly of his conversational skills. <laughs> it's not his fault. But did you know? Did he come in and save the day and start talking to his mom? No, not really. <laughs> it, was a, it was an unfair ask. Nevertheless, you know. Otherwise, I have the mailman or the uncomfortable Mormon men that come to my house on Wednesdays sometimes and not a lot of other options. <laughs> yeah, there's there's that. So I have the uh, the added fun of not having a child conversation for the most part and also not a lot of mom friends. My friends do not have children by and large. You find when you get pregnant or you start a family that your friends don't immediately do that as well necessarily. And if you don't have a large family, then there's less chance of that too. And so, you know, you're left trying to make mom friends so that you have people to talk about the things that have sort of taken over your life. You're a stay-at-home parent, you're in the trenches. You are the trench. I mean, literally, your whole life is the front line. And so, you get sort of, you know, you do read. 17 articles or lists on strollers because you heard about a recall one time and that was so terrifying and you what how could there possibly be more than one kind of stroller right like chair wheels what am I missing here and you learn that there's a billion dollar industry because there are 400,000 strollers and ones with jet packs and ones that come with all pairs and you know parachutes and foghorns God, God only knows and so you get lost in it and then that's what all you have to talk about the next day. <laughs> because that was your whole night. And your friend, your still a normal person, friend wants to talk about, you know, Game of Thrones or insert pop culture reference that I missed while I was researching strollers. And, and, and that can be very tricky. You need someone who will go, Oh my God, I know exactly what you mean. Or, or I Googled it, closed my eyes, poked the screen and bought that one. You know, that's always, that friend's always nice to have. But you want parent friends. You immediately are like, yeah, this, my conversations would be a lot less terribly boring for the people I'm talking to if <laughs> they could maybe also be trapped in the front lines of parenting small children. And if your children aren't in a school or a preschool or daycare, it's hard. To just happen upon <laughs> people who are also parents in a space that's easy to make friends with them, right? Because a lot of your hobbies and the things about you that used to be, you know, small talk worthy are in the past. And yeah, yeah, you did like to travel and then you got pregnant and you couldn't take the good Dramamine anymore. So you stopped flying and I have a baby because baby plus newborn equals no friends. And so, <laughs> you, you know, you sort of. Small talk, right, small talk. Do you want to know why I switched baby formulas? (laughs) No, probably not. (laughs) So you need like a baby group or a little kids beatbox class or kids. Classes are so weird. That's a different podcast probably. But it can be really hard to make other parent friends. Once your kid is in school, then they make friends and there's all these other parents around and... And that's easier, but you just get this baby, <laughs> you end up with this baby <laughs> and then no, no friends come with it as like a, like you can't add that on at Verizon, like a, like a car charger, which is, I, I think that's unfair, but, but anyway, no one asked me that's why I'm not in charge. So there, there you go. And like I said, your, your mom identity or your parent identity, if you're, if you're a stay at home parent, it takes over. It's, it becomes the biggest, loudest Part of you, and so it's it's easy to lose yourself in it. You have this sort of job that you can't ever clock out of. <laughs> if you think about it, right? Yeah, sure. You thought to yourself, you know, for whatever reason, you became a stay-at-home parent, or if you only know them, it starts, and you think okay, like this, this will not be that much different than all of my life before this has been, but you're just at work all the time. Have you ever lived with all of your coworkers before? <laughs> what about your boss? <laughs> I have three of them and they're jerks and they live in the room next door. <laughs> you literally, you can't escape. There's not a, there's no on Friday in the afternoon thinking, oh, I can't wait to not look at your face until Monday. Oh no, there you are. In the middle of the night because you can't sleep and it's my fault because you can't leave work. You're sort of just like in this forever sort of moment. There's You don't leave the office. You don't get that change of environment. You don't really, I mean, I joke, but you don't have coworkers you're sort of. Uh, the solitary employee, and that's that's really hard. Because <laughs> if you have a working spouse or partner or co-parent, they're not your coworker. They have they have their own coworkers because they have their own job, and so your work stories are work stories to them. <laughs> it's not the same, and they can commiserate, but they can't necessarily relate because you are in it alone. And so that sort of thing where you can roll your eyes at your coworker and go, "Oh, Mondays," am I right? Or is the worst I mean you can do I, I do still <laughs> I'm not gonna say I don't that I don't not do that but I, I am talking to myself or you know the cat or some strangeness and and I'm aware I'm aware of how strange it is even uh even as I do it anyway and so yeah I guess the idea is that if you are someone who is listening uh well. Let's face it, you are someone who's listening, but if you, the listener, are not a stay-at-home parent, uh, the next time you meet one or speak to one, maybe consider allowing them some space to be more honest about their world. Yes, they will tell you some really funny, really awesome story of something that they got to do with their kids, but give them some space to tell you about how hard it is to get spaghetti sauce out of your shirt for the third time and that you can't possibly... Listen to the same movie over and over again without, I, uh, I could give you all of the parts to The Secret Life of Pets and I don't want to <laughs> let them talk about whatever they want to talk about that probably doesn't relate to animation or whatever their kids are obsessed with and just give them a little bit of grace. This job is, oh, you guys, <laughs> it's like, it's like, think about people who work on submarines that it's that, <laughs> except the submarine never surfaces, and you're just down in the water with your increasingly irritated coworkers. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, yeah, submarine. I'm going to think about that later and when it's really bad and, and I will smile to myself. And if you are the stay-at-home parent, if you are listening um, and this is your gig and the children are not screaming so loud that you can actually hear me, just give yourself some credit because this is a phenomenal undertaking. It is a sacrifice that plenty of people will never understand, plenty of people would never do. Also, your children can have this this experience of, of having you there All the time to be with and grow with and throw things at and love and bond with, and it's incredible. And it's so hard and it's so boring and it's so much fun and it's so frustrating. (laughs) And it's really easy to feel like nobody out there understands, or if you start to complain um, that it means you don't love your kids. And I tell you what, we like our kids a lot less than we love them. And that's okay. <laughs> that's part of parenting. You go, I love them all the time and you like them when you can because that's the gig. That is a thousand percent the gig. <laughs> so I hope that helped you either be a better friend to a stay-at-home parent or or just to be kinder to yourself or your partner or whoever in your world. We're doing a... <laughs> we're doing the best we can. The entire podcast is called that because I must scream it at my children at least a dozen times a day. They don't care. (laughs) They're unimpressed, but I am at all times doing the best I can. And damn it, my best is pretty good. And so that's where I will leave you. If you decide to come back (laughs) and would like to join us again, um, We are going to be talking about uh, the truth about raising nonverbal and verbally delayed children. And by we, I just mean me. There's a lot of misconceptions and a lot of ideas that people have about what it's like to raise nonverbal and verbally delayed children. And a lot of things to not ever say. And a lot of things that you should say more of. and, And that is what I will be talking about next time. So until then, thanks for joining me and wish me luck surviving motherhood.